Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech. I'm Kevin Hogan, editor-at-large, and I'm glad you found us. On this week's show, we continue to look at the various predictions and prognostications on the state of play in EdTech for 2022, as well as looking at what valuable takeaways that schools and districts can garner from all of this pandemic pivoting. Uh, Lots more good stuff posted at eSchool News, especially a piece written by Courtney Groskin and Violet Christensen. They're learning coaches at St. Brain Valley Schools in Colorado. Their piece is entitled, Three Best Practices to Take With Us to the Other Side, in quotes, (laughs) wherever that is, and where we can take stock of some new techniques that they mastered uh, these past few years. The first, video coaching. They write, when we step back and think about the major shifts in the educator's practice during the pandemic, one thing that really stands out the most is the normalization of video. Teachers never got into education to become YouTube sensations, but they sure have risen to the challenge. More than a year ago, when we would ask educators to submit a video clip of their classroom or teaching, it brought up a lot of angst or trepidation. But now teachers are more than willing to capture video. It has become a part of their everyday life. I have to uh, endorse that sentiment. For, For years, there's been so many different products and services foisted onto educators to help them with either their professional development or taking assessment of how they're teaching in class. And most of not all of them would fizzle, fizzle away because the fear of the video. Just I think all of us used to be, you know, had a fear of, of video conferencing. That is gone and gone for good. And I'm guessing maybe the better. The second part, they write about collaboration. Another major shift during the pandemic is how students or colleagues collaborate in different spaces while working to keep engagement and rigor high. We've been using Jamboard to, quote, jam out with educators for strategic reflection in various ways ever since they found what they call a gem. We have an inter-district coaching collaborative where coaches are able to come together to reflect, refine, and elevate their practices. They use Jamboard in the form of a celebration station where coaches are able to post their win of the month, in quotes, at the same time in the same digital space. And finally, self-care, they point out. They write, self-care is not just a trendy word. It is truly vital for educators to be able to sustain the work they are doing. This has become evidently clear as we are in the middle of an ultra marathon when it comes to teaching. Many educators push off self-care, although it is a transformative experience and should be prioritized both now and post-pandemic. Think of the innovation that could happen in education if we continue to make self-care a priority. We could have educators who have balance, energy, and clear cognition. I encourage you to go up online to read the whole piece. There are many more valuable insights that are packed into it. Another prescient piece posted to eschoolnews.com this week, four predictions for computer science education in, in 2022. This was written by Brian Flagg. He's an education consultant focusing on makerspaces and STEM. I'll give you the short form, four of those four predictions. Number one, computer science education will be integrated into the core curriculum. He writes, giving every student a computer has streamlined the process for providing computer science lessons because there's no need to schedule time in the school's only computer lab or to check out devices from a shared computer cart. This practical change has made it easier to incorporate computer science lessons into core subjects that are taught across the day, like math and language arts. 
Number two, a progression of platforms should be part of a district's computer science planning. He writes, when I work with districts on their computer science instruction, I emphasize the importance of K-5 progression to help students transition through different platforms and devices. I also encourage districts to take advantage of free programming tools like Scratch Junior and Scratch, which have a wealth of available lessons and support. Number three, he predicts coding will be used to gauge academic learning and social emotional learning. This was particularly interesting, I thought. He writes, in our stressful times, computer programming platforms will be a safe space for students to share how they are feeling in the classroom. It can be challenging for some students to talk about how they feel, especially following traumatic events. For example, a lesson from New York City Public Schools asked students to program an emoji in Scratch to let the teacher know their mood as they return to school at the beginning of the year. The same thing can be done with any programming platform, including Kibo robots, as students return to classroom in the new year and beyond. The robot can be decorated and programmed to express a mood, or it can become a class pet, adopted, cared for, and programmed to share how it's feeling by a different student each week. And then finally, the end goal for computer science education will be access for all students. He writes, no matter what programming platform they use, if we give younger students opportunities to use computer science in a variety of ways, by the time they're in middle school, they'll see robotics and computer programming as just another tool they use to tell stories and solve problems that are personally meaningful to them. Many students have access to computers and the internet for the first time. We have an opportunity and obligation to provide them with the computer science instruction they deserve and the myriad learning opportunities it offers. Good stuff. And you know, reading that piece reminded me of a recent conversation that I had regarding accessibility with Marie Martin. Marie is CEO of Alexandra's World and an education strategist. Also Sam Reich, who's a director of marketing for Microsoft Education, joined me in the call about equity and accessibility. You know, equity was a priority for school systems prior to 2020, but the pandemic really focused greater attention on the continuing need to create more equitable education environments. The interruption of in-person environments has impacted everybody, but especially those with specific learning needs. You know, students deserve the resources and support they need to fully engage in learning. And when the technologies are designed for inclusion, everyone benefits. So here's an excerpt from the conversation. Have a listen. Marie, when you think back to March of 2020, everything went out the window with a renewed focus on just getting students reconnected, right? By hook or by crook. To, for, to give credit to the industry, Microsoft and others just kind of said, you know what, let's, whatever we need to do, let's, let's get it done. Curriculum lifted. So, I mean, that was a one big, massive push towards this idea of equal accessibility and digital equity. Do you see that sentiment staying now in, in your work with schools and, and with the industry? Absolutely. When you just said that, it reminded me of watching Bettina Love, where she said schools said that they didn't have food, but we can see that they clearly can feed students, right? And right. Uh, said that they didn't have technology, but they found the technology for students that needed. And so it is about what, not necessarily what can we get from education, it is how can we 
create a space for everyone within our education system. And, and that means that we're looking at the whole child, not just, okay, what is your SAT score? What is your number and it's it's really trying to quantify a human and a human life and their own experiences and what we have found even in the research that um, when I first joined Sam last year we found that parents are trying to provide and the school system can now provide whole experiences for students that they didn't know before. And when we talk about teaching the whole child, we're talking about looking at their gifts. So many times teachers look at what's wrong with the child, trying to create something in a space for them to try to correct them, right? And in order to correct them, they have to get this test score, right? And they have to prove that they're great on this test in order to to be validated or to get money for their school, right? Well, what we're seeing is we're seeing now, hold on, we can really take time to personalize for students. We can, we each student has their own gift and, and they have their own goals. And now we can use technology to reach out to families, bring them into our classrooms and reach out to uh, parents and have those parent conferences that, that Sam was talking about. That's something that is not leaving. Yeah. And we, uh, we can use tools like Translator to efficiently translate what's going on in the classroom to parents and create goals with parents, co-create goals, not just say, okay, this is what I need your child to do to pass this test, right? Yeah. It is about, this is, you know, tell me what your goals are for your child. And I can see how I can support that in my classroom. And right. this is what I'm going to do in my classroom to support your goals. Now we have, we have buy-in from the parents, we have buy-in from the teacher, and we have buy-in from that child. And that child is gonna do their best. When, we, when we're talking about the inclusive classroom, it includes parents too. And I, I know we were gonna stay, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it is part of the classroom. That's one of the things that I worked on. And when, and when we first contact parents, instead of telling them all the little naughty things kids do in class, we talk to them about their gifts and how would, how would they like for us to proceed in developing the gifts and talents of their children. And that is what's most important when we're, when we're talking about technology, when we're talking about curriculum, when we're just talking about being a part and, and being a team in the classroom. So that was just a small part of a really enlightening and positive conversation I had about that topic. I encourage you to check it out under the webinar tab at eschoolnews.com. It's entitled All About Accessibility. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the edtech space. Eschool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like yourselves. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.